What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. I'll tell you who else is here to serve you. Our team, Clark Consumer Action Center. I don't know if you know this, but for nearly 30 years, we have offered free one-on-one advice and guidance. This is something that's been really important to me through these decades, because a lot of times you'll have a very specific, individualized, personal question, and you don't know who to trust and where to turn. And that's why we're here to provide you this help with both paid staff and volunteers. We're available to serve you in the Team Clark Consumer Action Center from 10 in the morning Eastern till 4 in the afternoon Eastern time. You can learn more how to contact us at clark.com slash C-A-C. So today I'm going to start with something that's been really important to me that people are so confused by. And over and over again, somebody will stop me, doesn't matter where, be getting a burger, uh, getting a veggie salad, Krista, our, our uh, intrepid leader, you have never been that happy with my eating habits. So for you, I'll say, when I'm getting some kind of vegan dish, yes. right? You'll tell me that when you're headed to the crystal. Yeah. Okay. So anyway... Somebody will say, I don't know what's going on. I had somebody stop me at an elevator the other day and say, I don't know what's going on with my investments. My guy put me in, that's what he called him, my guy, put me in, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh. And I knew it was a high commission kind of product. And he didn't really even know what he had. And he didn't know what kind of, guy his guy was this just happened to me with my dentist too i was like i had stuff so shoved in my mouth and i was like, trying, to yep. like trying to tell her so i want you to understand in clear terms how the industry plays the game and how to protect yourself when you're looking to put your money to work um, coming up later grocery prices have gone up so much And then we throw away 40% of the food we buy in the United States. I want to tell you what you do need to toss and what you actually can eat past whatever date is on that item. We're going to talk about that later because I got to help you stretch every dollar right now. Speaking of dollars and cents, most people don't know how to hire somebody for financial advice. And there's a word that you'll hear me use that is one of those words that's like I couldn't spell it if I had to, probably. Fiduciary. Fiduciary, it's a legal standard. It's where you hire somebody. If you feel like you need advice to understand how to invest, when you hire a fiduciary, you're hiring someone who specifically is duty-bound to do what's best for you. Almost everybody in financial advice 
refuses to be a fiduciary because they live by commissions and they make a ton more on commissions than what they could make if they charged you for their advice. And I want you to know that that's the most expensive free advice you'll ever get from somebody who says, oh, I don't charge you a fee. I'm paid by the companies that I invest for you with. And you are one step away from having a huge amount less money in retirement. So you want somebody and you only want somebody who is a fee-only fiduciary. And I want you to know you don't have to remember all this while you're listening because I have a guide at Clark.com on hiring a financial advisor, choosing one, and all the steps. And we've got this colorful kind of cartoony graphic that walks you through. First of all, do you even need one? What do you need them to do? Understand why you want only a fee-only fiduciary. How to search for one so you don't get hoodwinked by somebody who pretends to be one. They'll say they're fee-based. Oh, yeah. That's a term. Thank you for mentioning that, Krista. Fee-based. Boy, that annoys me. So what they say is, yeah, uh, you know, you pay me a fee for advice, but as you invest your money, it erodes the fee. And then ultimately, I end up being fee-free. How do they end up being fee-free? By selling you garbage that has massive, massive, gigantic commissions to it that fund their retirement, not yours. And it certainly doesn't hurt to talk to friends and family. But even if you get wrecks from friends and family, you still have to do the things I talk about earlier, which is hiring someone. Now, there are different methods of hiring a fiduciary. You can pay a monthly fee method where you just pay a flat rate like XY Planning Network usually does. You can hire a Garrett Planning Network person who you pay like you'd pay an accountant or a lawyer for their billable hours, typically. You can hire a, what's called a one percenter, which is how a lot of the fiduciary business works, where you pay them 1% of the money they have under management for you. The theory is the more money that you have and you make with them, the more money they make, so the incentives are aligned with you and the fee-only fiduciary. There are a lot of less expensive fiduciary choices now than using a one percenter, and it all depends on what services you need. The big three discounters all have various forms of fiduciary financial advice, Vanguard, Schwab, Fidelity. Vanguard requires minimum $50,000 for their personal advisor service. They have a cheaper one that's a digital advisor service that doesn't require that kind of money. Fidelity and Schwab, lower entry points. We have reviews of those and some of what are called the robos, where you use a, a robotic advisor or a robotic advisory service and the fees involved with using that type of fiduciary guidance. So the most important thing 
I want you to remember is that hard to remember word and one that you can't spell. At least I couldn't spell it if I had to. Fiduciary. You must use a fiduciary. F-I-D-U-C-I-A-R-Y. English major show off. No. English major show off here. I've seen it enough times thanks to you. It makes a difference because, you know, you look, I was looking at something recently of, you know, how the people get ripped off the most are in retirement plans are our school teachers. And the NEA, the union for the teachers, has sold the teachers down the river, as have several of the other teachers' unions. They're taking kickbacks to recommend garbage, garbage, garbage retirement plans to teachers. And I saw an analysis recently that a teacher putting in the same money as somebody with a private employer with a good 401k plan putting in the same money a teacher in retirement has one-third of the money that somebody with a low-cost 401k has with a traditional employer because the money gets eaten up in gigantic fees that destroy your financial security. This stuff matters. And so know that anybody the teachers' unions are recommending, they're not fiduciaries. They are people that are smiling at you while they pick your pocket and steal your money. You got to know how the game's played because you're not trying to fund that person's retirement. It's your retirement you're trying to fund. By the way, any teachers, anybody who works for a nonprofit has 403B, want you to know about the website 403BWISE. 403B Wise. They're the only advocacy organization I know of that exists to protect people that are teaching our kids from being ripped off on their retirement. That having been said, Krista, let's turn to questions. Let's do it. This is from David in Alaska. I am a single man in my early 60s. I do not have a will and have left charities as my beneficiaries with my bank and investment house. I own my home and would like to know how to leave my home to charity without a will, doing my best to give to local charities rather than a lotto win for my undeserving family members. For what? (laughs) His undeserving family members. Oh my goodness, David. I am so sorry that your heirs are people who who, uh, you're not happy with. Well, they're not going to be heirs now. Yeah. You're non-heirs. Well, to make sure they're non-heirs, you said a key thing, and I want you to get out of your mind the idea that it's best to designate where everything goes with beneficiary designations. Beneficiary designations are good to a point, but you could end up with other assets that need to be disposed of that if you don't do a will, will end up going to those undeserving family members. If you want them to go to charity, you want whatever assets you have to go to charity, please Sounds like you got enough money here. You got money in a bank. You got investments. You got the home. Please go see a lawyer near you in Alaska who does wills, estates, and trusts and have a will drawn up. And uh, that way, oh, and there's another thing you can do as well. So with your investments, you know, what's that cuss word we don't say on our show except in special circumstances? Annuities. Annuities. 
So there are a lot of charitable organizations that have uh, what are known as gift annuities where they fund money to you every month with assets you provide them and they get all the money left over at the time you die. So you get an income and there's no question that things flow to the charity. Lots of charities do that. Some of the charities you wish to give to may have a charitable gift annuity that would be a use for an annuity that would actually be a good one. But please, for the overall picture, I know you might not want to spend the money on the lawyer. This is money well spent with the assets you have. Krista? This this is from Nicole in Illinois. What do you think about these bin stores that are popping up all over the country? Within the last six months, three have opened in my area selling Amazon returns in a daily decreasing price model. I've been able to score some amazing deals on small electronics, supplements, craft supplies, clothes, and even food. Are these really good deals or am I just buying other people's rejected junk? Do you have any advice on what to buy or what to avoid? Nicole, one man's treasure. No, one man's trash trash is another man's treasure. treasure. So uh, you call them Ben stores. I have always heard them referred to as salvage stores. Yes, they are both a hazard and an opportunity. There are times you'll buy something where you're like, well, this is just a piece of junk. But most of the time, if you're a discriminating shopper and you comparison shop, you will do fine. In a typical metro area, you'll find like half a dozen bin stores or salvage stores that are available to you. And knowing that it requires some patience on your part to find the real deals that are the diamonds in the rough. But yeah, I'd go for it. Speaking of buying things at a deal, you buy food on sale and then you snatch defeat from the jaws of victory when you end up not eating it in time, the date that it says on it, and you toss that food. When do you not toss, even if it's past date? We're going to talk about this at a time of very high food prices. We got to talk. I mean, grocery inflation, prices up, depending on whose measurement you believe, let's just call it up 10% over the last year. And depending on how long the war in Europe goes on, we could see meaningfully higher grocery prices ahead. So I don't want you to end up needlessly throwing away food out of your pantry or out of your refrigerator or freezer because of the arbitrary date printed on that item. Now, most items are going to have a BB date. Most often, that's what they will have now, best buy. Or they may have the older thing called use buy or some notification like that to you. What does that mean? Okay. So it's no different than over-the-counter meds that will have an expiration date. And if you're a longtime listener to me, you know that the military did a study that found that the date put on over-the-counter meds normally is completely arbitrary and that the meds keep the overwhelming amount of their efficacy, I think is the right term, or potency, way beyond the date that's listed as the expiration date on an over-the-counter med. 
Well, same thing with food. You know, the Best Buy or whatever, that is a made-up date by the food manufacturer. And if it says that, it means that it will be good for a good while longer. And there's no reason to throw it out. I mean, I saw a New York Times food science writer's story listing a lot of foods by food group and showing that those items that have these dates on them actually are good for years and years and years and years. And we throw them out anyway because it says they're past date. So the food expiration guide that we have on Clark.com, some help from Consumer Reports on ours, takes you through the different lingo that a food manufacturer or a supermarket will put on food items and when you need to pay attention to it and when you don't. So there are some items that, yeah, you need to pay attention to. But as an example, okay, milk. Milk is, dairy is one of those things people freak out about, or yogurt. So I'll open a yogurt that's expired weeks before and stir the thing up, taste it. Uh, Okay, I hope I'm not freaking you out, but I am a little thrifty. I'll taste it. If it tastes fine, I eat the thing. Milk? Milk smells bad. I don't use it past the date. But if it still smells fine, I use the milk. Now, a lot of people won't do any of the things I'm saying with dairy. Dairy is one of those things that terrifies people using past date. You'll have to make your own choice on that. Dairy products will have an expiration date on them instead of a use by or best by date, typically. The items, most of what we buy, we won't even get into the controversy about, can you believe Clark's that stupid that he eats a yogurt past the date on it? And I do eat yogurt past the date. Sorry. Anyway, but most other items, if they're best buy or use by or whatever, they got to be bad before I'm throwing them away. Now, I had a product from Lidl that was a um, bread kind of product, and I realized, uh uh-oh, it's a month past its pull date, its best buy date. That one, I think, said best if used by. It was a month later, and so took a bite, and I'm like, is this going to be okay? I looked on it first, made sure there was no mold on it. It was absolutely fine. And I ate the items till we finished the pack. It was a bread-like substance. Bread-like. Okay. So Lidl sells. <laughs> I can oh explain. Gosh, Clark. All right. Lidl <laughs> sells these prepackaged waffles. Okay. That are, if you're in a hurry for breakfast, you're running out the door or whatever. They get bad after a while. They'll get hard. You don't want to eat them. But these were a month out of their date. And they were still absolutely fine. Okay. The point is, a lot of this is just marketing. Get you to throw something out so you buy new. And remember, it's your wallet. It's your money. And really be thoughtful about when you throw something away and when you don't. We were talking earlier about the Ben stores, salvage stores. 
There are a lot of people who specifically look for the clearance items on a lot of foods they know have good life on them after their sell-by date, because some items will be marked sell-by date, and the stores will mark them way down, and that's how they save money in the store buying food items. All right, enough about this, because I've already grossed you out with the yogurt. So let's go to questions. Okay. Um, This is from Corey in Ohio. In December of 2021, I spent two days in the hospital with COVID pneumonia. In the process of cleaning up the medical bills, one provider has yet to bill our insurance provider. I've updated our insurance information online and called multiple times. I even sent a copy of the bill along with a copy of our insurance card and a letter requesting that they bill our insurance provider, but insurance still has not received the bill. I'm worried about the possibility of the balance being sent to a debt collector. Is this a possibility? Any help is appreciated. So, Corey, I'm really, really sorry about your bad bout of COVID. I'm glad you're still with us. Sounds like you've made a good recovery, and I'm really happy about that. I'm also so impressed how you've tracked down what all the bills are, and you know that that's a wounded duck sitting out there that can eat you up. There is generally no statute of when you're billed on something, even if there's a statute of limitations on when somebody can sue you against a debt, a debt doesn't just go away because somebody hasn't billed you. You've actively tried to deal with it. You've talked to your insurer, I assume, about this. You want to ask your insurer if there's a deadline from date of service till what's known, they call in the industry, a clean claim is submitted. What is the deadline that they will pay it? Because if, and this sometimes will vary by state, they may pay a clean claim up to a year late, up to two years late, or whatever. I also want you to call the insurance department of the state of Ohio and ask, is there a requirement that insurers pay claims that are clean claims by a certain date, or is it an open thing that whenever it's submitted, at what point, under Ohio law, is the insurer required to pay it? The reason this is significant that you talk to your state is insurance is largely regulated by the states, and rules on claims processing and things like that are rules of the state, laws of the state, and enforced by your state, in this case, Ohio. And you've made phone calls I would send a letter to the provider saying, please submit this bill for you because you don't want to have a problem later with insurance paying the bill and them getting their money. Leave out the fact that you could get into a fight with them about having to pay something when insurance later rejects it. It's like, hey, you got a practice to run. I want you to get your money and let me know what you're able to get done, Corey, because This is so weird. You're trying to pay money, and the provider doesn't want to take it. Okay, and this is from Steve in Minnesota. Are subscriptions for car washes worth having? You should frequently clean your car no matter what season to keep the paint, et cetera, in good condition. But does this pay for a subscription? So, Steve, the subscription business is really the key security blanket for car washes and car wash chains now. Depending on where you are in the country, these tend to be either $19.99 a month or $24.99 a month, somewhere in that range. And you have unlimited washes on a particular vehicle through a month. 
if you have a car wash that's on your path and you'd routinely use that car wash weekly, then absolutely these plans work out. As to the paint, there's a lot of disagreement in the industry about is it good for the paint on a vehicle or bad on it, taking it through car washes regularly. And it seems to be that touchless car washes, nobody's really unhappy with in the automotive industry, but car washes that touch the vehicle while it comes through, instead of just using the force of water, they actually touch it. Those are the ones that there's more controversy about. But as far as having one of these subscriptions, if realistically you really would wash it a time a week or even more, then the math works great in your favor. This is from Mike in South Carolina. How often is the channel finder tool updated? And he means on our website. Yeah, so our channel finder tool is something I'm so proud of. Took a lot of time, money, and effort to create. It's so hard to know what streaming service to go with that gets you the greatest bang for every dollar you spend. So we have this tool where you can put in your absolute favorite channel you watch of traditional cable or satellite fare, you know, live programming. And you put in your favorite one, and then you put in your next favorite and on like that. And it will show you as you add a channel what is going to be the cheapest and what it'll be per month. So you may find your fifth favorite channel, well, that's going to cost me 15 extra a month. Maybe I can live without it. So it's a dynamic tool that we update every month. So occasionally, there may be a programming cost change that will be weeks behind, but very rarely. And we have this just to save you money. And you know that's what I'm all about, right? Is saving you money, helping you hold on to more money, helping you make more money. And I want to tell you, I appreciate you being a part of this episode by being with us. And I know that life throws us a lot of curveballs, but my late father used to talk about life being 99 rounds. If you're in a tough one right now, you get knocked to the canvas, get back up, put that mouth guard back in and go back in the game or go back in the ring because life does have its ups and downs and we're never tested by the ups. We're only tested by the downs. But there's something about our psychology as humans called inertia bias. If we're having a rough time right now, we assume that what we're having right now is what we're going to have going forward. We're having a great time right now. We assume that's what we're going to have going forward. Don't mind game yourself that way. Know that over the course of a lifetime, you'll have good and bad times. It's all about coming back from those bad times that gives you more strength of character and gives you a fuller, more complete life. And in addition, you'll enjoy the good times in your life even more having overcome the rough times. Have a great day.